Please lower your head and watch your step while boarding. Welcome to the Attractions Podcast. You are all clear for dispatch. Have fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 211 of the Attractions Podcast, sponsored by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. I am Seth. And I'm Carly. And we are here to talk to you about the latest and greatest in theme park news and more, as well as what is going on in our own lives. And Carly, uh, our global traveler, uh, where have you been off to this past week? Uh, Yes, so I had a fun whirlwind 48 hours at the Disneyland Resort for a very good reason, research. Uh, Of course. We opened the villas at Disneyland Hotel, which is the new tower there, and I got to be the first person, one of the first people to stay there, so... Did it have that new hotel room smell? You know, still have the volatile organic compounds coming out of the wallpaper. Oh, lovely. Love it. It was really fun. It's like new car smell. Yes. Like, I'm very, like, anal about, like, wearing shoes in a hotel room because it, like, just grosses me out. And I'm like, I could walk on this floor because no one has really been here except for construction workers. And then, like, the shower touched the tile. It is beautiful. Mm. So this is the new uh, Disney Vacation Club uh, towers that have been attached to the classic uh, Disneyland Hotel. And uh, you can rent rooms without being a DVC member, but I think that the DVC portion is like, it's sold out real quick. I think think those got snapped up. So it is a limited stock for mm-hmm. non-DVC if you want to pay cash. Mm-hmm. If you go to the website, I was even trying to play around to like look at prices and stuff. There's nothing comes up because it's it's been booked sure. out. It is beautiful. It's only a 340 rooms, so it has that like boutique hotel feel. You would love it because it's mid-century modern. Oh, I love it. Well, yeah. you know the the classic uh, Disneyland hotel. Um, the the rooms they've been redecorated many many times over the years, but they still have a kind of 1960s feel in terms of the design. The walls are a bit thin. You can sometimes hear their neighbors. Uh, the layout of the bathroom not ideal. So uh, you say it's got a mid-century modern style, but is the the construction the the layout a little bit more modern? Absolutely. It was very interesting the way that they've kind of blended mid-century modern with contemporary mm. design. They really nailed it. I uh, I actually wrote a review for attractions that should be coming out any moment now. Excellent. They really, I mean, the, the rooms are like heavily wood, but then they have pops, accents of color, turquoise, mm. yellow. The integration of animation is everywhere, but also very subtle. It is really just unlike anything that I have experienced before with Disney. And mm. they really, it's, they did a really good job. There's a new pool, pool bar, a splash pad themed to Steamboat Willie. Which actually looks adorable. Yes. Looks adorable. Yes. And you're uh, like 10 steps from Trader Sam. So I mean, really, what more could I <laughs> What want? more could you possibly want? <laughs> Nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I am going to be out there in a couple of weeks and I will definitely sneak in and walk around and take some pictures. Uh, we'll not be staying in room. Did you happen to get a look into one of the, uh, the, the small rooms they have similar to the Riviera where it's like they've got like a pull down bed instead of yes. a full bedroom? So these ones are even a little bit more compact than the mm, Riviera ones. Okay. But with that Murphy bed, it really does feel okay. And some of them had balconies, and that was actually one of the rooms that I went into. And I was like, you can make this work. I mean, it's definitely for two people. Sure. Yeah. Not, not, not if you've got kids, but uh, right. if you're I solo or a couple. Yes. 
Exactly. And it's Jungle Book themed. So oh, it's adorable. So that's, that's great. Um, well, I hope someday I get to sleep there. Um, I'm definitely going to be checking it out. My week was not nearly as exciting as yours, but I did uh, get to go to Epcot and experience both a preview of Journey of Water inspired by Moana which I think is maybe my favorite new thing they've added to Epcot in years. Wow. I, you know, I, I'm not going to do Ratatouille or Guardians every single time I go to the park, but I can see myself walking through Journey of Water every time. It is, it's what Epcot really needs to put the park into the theme park. Uh, you know, it's, Epcot is so, so much concrete, so much angles, so much steel and glass and this is just lush it's landscaping it feels uh alive and natural um it's like the best parts of pandora and cars land in terms of the rock work um, wow. and you can choose to interact with the water or you can stay dry you can you can kind of experience it however you want and it's really i feel like it is going back to that old school epcot ideal of being ed educational uh without uh being boring edutainment um, edu edutainment in the best sense yeah. uh i really and i gotta say it's it's very nice during the day but you have to check it out at night um the last hour after sunset when they have it all lit up it's one of the most beautiful things that that disney's done in years and uh the combination of getting to do that and also getting to ride soren over california Ooh, which yeah. i gotta say looks even better at epcot than it did just this past spring at the food and wine festival at california adventure wow uh, projection it was much sharper and cleaner um they need to do some cleaning on the the screens in california but it, it looked great in epcot it smelled great love those oranges love that pine scent so it was it's great to have that back and I hope it sticks around. Um, the only sad part of my week was, uh, you know, I never got a chance to ride on the Galactic Star Cruiser, but it had its final voyage. And I right. did go to Hollywood Studios on the last day that guests on the Halcyon were wandering around Batu, And there was kind of an alumni reunion of people who were really hardcore into Galactic Star Cruiser, those who didn't actually book the final cruise. Uh, showed up and did a big group picture and uh, kind of waved farewell to to the people who were on the last cruise, um, and it's it it makes me sad and angry um, to see how all that ended, and I just uh, I hope all my friends who were uh, part of the crew um, all landed safely, all got into their escape pods and made it out safe. That's all, all I got to say. Absolutely. No, well said. Yeah, it's definitely sad. I think it's yeah. because we love live performances and support yeah. actors and whatnot. So that is a really sad part. So, yeah, it's the, you know, the people who made that live and breathe all did everything they were asked to do, executed to 100%. Those folks are out of a job. Uh, the, the people in, in marketing and accounting who were the ones who actually made the mistakes, uh, they, they're all still employed as far as I know. So, right. Uh, so we're never going to get an Adventures Club part two, which just makes me really sad. <laughs> I might, you know what? The, I, I wrote an article about this for the Orlando Weekly, and I said the the one thing that gives me hope 
um, is that there are a lot of talented people now that Universal has an opportunity to scoop up and make part of Epic Universe. Um, we've heard a lot of, of leaks about the rides, the, the hardware, the infrastructure of Epic Universe, but I think there's going to be a lot going on with interactive live entertainment uh, that we haven't heard about. And this is there's going to be huge opportunities, a lot of talented, talented people right now um, looking for jobs. And I think that some of them might find a home there. That's that's my hope. Fingers so, crossed. Well, uh, before uh, before we get even further sidetracked, I think without any further ado, we should jump straight into the news in the queue. All right, we're going to start out this week in Walt Disney World, uh, where they have just announced a new seasonal pass for their water parks, which are a really great deal if you want to visit Typhoon Lagoon or Blizzard Beach uh, between now and late May of 2024. Um, you can go visit those parks as often as you want, as long as they're open. Uh, all the way uh, up until the start of the summer um, for only $79, uh, which is just a little bit more than a regular one-day pass. Right. This is a great deal. Uh, you don't want to go to water parks in the summer. If you've ever been to any of them, <laughs> Volcano Bay even is very busy in the summer. It, now there are only, only yeah. two good times to be in a water park during the summer, and that is either right at rope drop for like the first hour or so, yeah. or after it rains and everyone leaves and then you can slide in for the last couple hours but in the middle of the day not a lot of fun <laughs> no yeah now now it's water park season this is yeah. when people know when to go yes. uh highly themed it is really like i can't trust enough how important it is if you're doing a full vacation to walt disney world universal how important it is to have those buff days where you could relax. Yes, you yeah. cannot do the, the dry parks day after day after day. No. You need a pool day or a water park day uh, or a mini golf day, whatever it is to to unwind. Uh, so this is, this is a, a great way. And if you're a local, uh, this is a really good deal. If you don't have a pool in your house, right. uh, this would be a great way to, uh, you know, get some laps in and cool off uh because honestly um you know we might have a couple days in the winter when it is cold enough for the parks uh, the water parks to close entirely that does happen but for the most part through you know our fall is like most places summer so right. you can keep swimming right on through uh october november even into december no problem right and for that price i mean you can't yeah. beat that absolutely uh keep in mind that this this uh pass is valid for either Typhoon Lagoon or Blizzard Beach, whichever happens to be open, because back in the day, they used to keep both water parks open. But ever since COVID, it's pretty much been one or the other. Uh, so uh, right now, Typhoon Lagoon is running. Blizzard Beach is closed. Uh, it sounds like a little later this year, they're going to swap that. Uh, Typhoon will go down for its refurbishment. So you can hit one now hit one in a couple months um and still uh you know it's a pretty good deal yeah get some mini donuts and relax mm -hmm. i actually have not been to blizzard beach since they gave it this kind of frozen refurbishment oh, yeah. uh last year so uh you know i've got my volcano bay water 
uh, park pass, and uh, I've got a pool in my house, so it's not often that I feel the need to go to a Disney water park, but this uh, might be a good reason to check it out. Definitely, and a good deal. Yep. Uh, next up, uh, this one is for anyone listening who is in London or anywhere in the UK and want to travel a little. Uh, if you are a fan of Marvel television shows, the TVA experience inspired by the second season of Loki is coming to London, uh, celebrating the October 5th debut of Loki season two on Disney+. Plus. Uh, this is a one-day-only pop-up event that is happening on October 7th, uh, and it is occurring at the OXO2 facility on London's South Bank. Um, tickets are already seem to have been claimed for this, though there are going to be some walk-up opportunities uh, with limited capacity. But boy, I wish they'd bring something like this uh, to Florida or at least uh, somewhere in the States. Right. And I'm honestly surprised that it's just a one day thing. Yeah, it seems like a whole lot of effort for just one right. day. Yeah. Um, so what it's going to have, if you've watched uh, the first season of Loki or seen the trailers for season two, uh, you know about the, uh, the TVA, the Time Variance Authority. Well, you can be processed. Uh, through the TVA, uh, just like characters in the show, um, and receive uh, guidance traveling through several areas, including the Repairs and Advancements set and the Automat, uh, which I think is the coolest set that they've mm -hmm. uh, featured. Uh, you can even have a slice of Key Lime Pie. Um, and uh, this is a free experience, but like I said, it's limited uh, if you want to go to DisneyTickets.co.uk, you can try to see what is available, but uh, it seems like this is going to be a very hot ticket. Absolutely. Yeah, maybe this will uh, set the stage for doing some more of them. I wish. I wish. Uh, you know, there's uh, Secret Cinema does these kind of events all around the world where uh, they've done Star Wars and Back to the Future and things where they create an immersive environment for watching a movie. Um, and uh, I would love to see uh, Disney and Marvel get in on those kind of experiences. Um, so uh, like we said, Loki season two debuts October 5th. This is happening on October 7th. The experience looks like it's going to last about 45 minutes and there will be a timed admission. Uh, it's for guests. Um, if you are under the age of 14, you've got to have an adult with you. And um, DisneyTickets.co.uk. Good luck. <laughs> May the odds be in your favor. It's just tough Something that's uh, Disney-related that will be a little more accessible is the upcoming animated film Wish. And Walt Disney Animation Studios recently held an event at Los Angeles' El Capitan Theater celebrating the company's 100-year legacy of animation and talking about how some of the past animated classics inspired this new film. Uh, it's yeah. Kind of rare that they have, kind of rare that they have uh, an event like this. That uh, they held it on September twenty first. We were lucky enough to have our reporter Melanie Gable in attendance, and she wrote a really great, very long, detailed article. So I encourage you to go and visit attractionsmagazine.com. There's lots of great artwork. Um, we should point out that uh, this did happen. 
during the strike. Uh, the SAG-AFTRA strike is still ongoing. The WGA strike ended uh, after this was uh, took place, but the uh, the talent that participated in it were um, not under the uh, union authority preventing them from participating in this. So just just to note yeah. that. It is very hard to keep up. Yes. Um, but uh, they, we... In, in this article, you'll see a little bit of information about the story of the film, which follows the teenage heroine Asha, uh, who is voiced by Oscar winner uh, Ariana DeBose from West Side Story. Uh, and uh, it also features Chris Pine as King Magnifico, um, as uh, she challenges him for rule of the magical land of Rosas. Um so most of this uh, this panel was kind of showing comparisons between the artwork in this new uh, film and artwork from Disney classics like Pinocchio, Alice in Wonderland, and Sleeping Beauty, and kind of drawing a line uh, between the legacy of uh, of the art from from then to now. Uh, some really interesting stuff. I encourage you to go and uh, check this out. Um, are you excited about this film? I honestly have I I've seen little teasers, but I've I've seen very little of it. Right, same. Uh, the hype for it has definitely gotten me ready for. Mm -hmm. uh, it seems like it's going to be a real banger. Like that's the, I I hope so. I think so, but I mean, yeah. you never know. But I, I really do feel like this is they're building it up to be like that magnitude. You know, I. I gotta say, maybe maybe I'm just old, or at least old school. Um, I I miss when Disney's animated films had a very distinct look that was different from Pixar, and I feel like over the last decade, Disney animation has be kind of it's gotten blurry, and Disney animation has looked more and more just like Pixar CGI. Um, and I like that this, uh, you know, at least from what we've seen really seems to uh, be using CGI tools to create more of a traditional Disney look. I think the last one that we had that really went for that was Tangled. Um, yeah. And so it, it's it's nice to see them kind of going back to their roots and trying to uh, deliberately go for a, a more analog, handcrafted look, especially with these backgrounds. So, yeah, no, it looks beautiful. Yep. Uh, I know some people... Uh, previewed a bit of it at D23 and mm -hmm. everyone said it was amazing. So I'm definitely hyped for this. And uh, of course, it's going to have uh, music. Um, Grammy nominated composer Julia Michaels wrote seven original songs. Um, so uh, there, um, this, this has definitely got potential to uh, be a big hit. Um, and uh, they're talking about how this, kind of will lead into the next hundred years of Disney animation. Uh, <laughs> hope we're all around to see that. <laughs> we'll be here. Yep. Um, okay, so if you want, uh, like I said, more information about uh, this event or this film, which opens in theaters nationwide on November 22nd, uh, look uh, online for the official trailer, which we have along with the rest of this article at attractionsmagazine.com. Uh, moving away from Disney out to the heartland, Cedar Fair is opening a new Cedar Point eSports gaming facility next month. Uh, you know Cedar Fair for their amusement parks and their water parks. 
Uh, well, they also have a sports facility that is gaining a new esports gaming venue with virtual experiences that are opening up in Sandusky, Ohio on October 6th. I was not aware that this was part of the Cedar Fair portfolio, uh, but it looks like this is something, this is a part of a sports center that will be over 1,000 square feet with 32 state-of-the-art gaming stations, uh, all the latest hardware and peripherals. Um, definitely something different from the roller coasters I usually associate with them. Right. Yeah, uh, this is very Disney Quest. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I hadn't heard about this until reading, and I was just like, my mind was a little blown. But I'm also not shocked as we're seeing parks, major companies move into different territories and mm -hmm. these mini parks, these micro parks. So it kind of just feels all part of the trend that's going on now. Yeah, and, and we actually saw also something similar coming into uh, Las Vegas in just the last few years, a right. number of virtual reality and esports gaming facilities. Yeah. It looks like this one is set up for both individual play and also so they can host uh, large-scale competitions, uh, which there's, believe it or not, there's a lot of money in, in esports. Um, a lot of big, big dollar competitions. Um, and it seems like they are going to be focusing on uh, group rentals um, and also uh, organizing leagues, camps, and clinics for aspiring esports athletes. Um, they want say Very they well. want to become the sport for gaming events in the area, uh, including high school and gaming events. Um, they partnered with North, North Coast Entertainment on this. Um, and, uh, pricing is pretty reasonable. You can, uh, walk in as a individual and get a game pass for $10 an hour on weekdays or 12 on the weekends. Um, wow. When you compare that to like a Dave and Buster's where I can spend $200 <laughs> yep. in like 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, if you want more information about this, uh, cedarpointsports.com is the website to check out. Uh, and you can also find information about all of Cedar Fair's attractions all across the country from Knott's Berry Farm over to Carowinds, which I think you know a little bit about. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, speaking of immersive virtual experiences, uh, Sandbox VR, uh, which I have experienced in Las Vegas, is introducing a new immersive Squid Game VR experience. Uh, and if you have watched Squid Game on Netflix, the extremely violent dystopian <laughs> uh, Korean drama about a homicidal game show, um, I guess it is better to experience this in VR than if they came up with like a so. real life version of it. But uh, boy, um, you know, if, if you uh, if you know this, you know, they play a uh, deadly version of the uh, the playground game Red Light, Green Light. Um, they have uh, a treacherous cross the glass bridge game and you will get to experience these through virtual reality. Uh, God very, bless you. More power to you. <laughs> Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of actually surprised that we're just hearing this now because I feel like the Squid Games phenomenon was just like so hot I, for a long period of time. Yeah, this I feel like this kind of peaked uh, a little bit ago, um, but yeah. uh, it is it looks like it is debuting now. Um, and 
you know, it looks like they have recreated some iconic environments and scenes from the show in uh, virtual reality. Um, and they are using Sandbox VR's uh, patented full body tracking system uh, combined with haptics uh, to sort of uh, capture your, your not just your hands or your face, but uh, your whole uh, body gets to interact uh, with the Squid Games. Um, uh, the haptic vest, I, I, I tried this myself um, with one of their Star Trek Discovery games. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you kind of have a thing that vibrates. So if you get hit by uh, in that, if you get hit by a phaser beam, uh, you kind of feel it. Um, I, I can imagine that here you get, I don't know, machine gun to death, maybe. <laughs> I, I, all I know chest. is I love the word haptic, and I feel yeah. like it's been in our lives heavily since Magic Band Plus. So yes, <laughs> all about the haptics. All about the haptics. Um, the one thing that I did think was really cool about Sandbox VR is that, uh, you know, they've got cameras in the room, and at the end, they give you a, uh, a video, a digital video of you uh, in the game and they sort of uh do mixed reality shots so they sort of put you into the wow. uh it, it's it was really neat because you get to the end of one of these vr experiences and they're always very hard to explain to someone you know what it looked like what it felt like um so that's a neat little uh bonus that you get this little personal highlights with your your reactions and stuff um so uh you can check this out at uh various sandbox vr locations uh you can find out where those are by going to sandboxvr.com all right couple more stories for you SeaWorld san diego is going to be debuting an all-new jellyfish experience in 2024 uh, that will be the first exhibit of its kind in any SeaWorld park and it's going to star an 18-foot-tall cylinder full of jellies, uh, which will be among the tallest of its kind anywhere in the country. This is really neat. I just based mm -hmm. on the uh, artist renderings, it, I'm very, I'm like, I don't know why I just read this. I was like, this is something I would actually go to see World San Diego to see. This is unique and really different, and I think it'll look really cool once they put it in like an immersive atmosphere. I, I have always had a, uh, a soft spot for jellyfish. Yes. Pun intended. Uh, <laughs> I especially love, uh, it looks like over here they might have one of these aquariums where they project uh, a black light onto them. A lot of them, uh, you know, kind of iridesce or uh, glow um, in, in dark light. And uh, I always love that. And, you know, I'm big. <laughs> my favorite part of the Finding Nemo rides in Disneyland and Epcot is always the jellyfish scene. My yeah. favorite part of, of the that movie. Um, and uh, be, just being surrounded by both artistic jellyfish uh, and real live jellyfish sounds like a lot of fun. And yeah, it's, same. it's, yeah. And it's nice seeing a SeaWorld park putting in something that is not just a roller coaster. Uh, we've had oh, a right. lot of those lately. It's great seeing them get back to uh, marine animal habitats. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think this will be really a really great addition. I mean, it's such a good, like, family-friendly park, and I feel mm -hmm. like it flies under the radar 
a little bit in Southern California, but it is a great park. And again, yes, it's nice to not just have roller coaster, roller coaster, roller coaster. Mm -hmm. This is something you could probably take your kids in and they'll spend a large chunk of time in there just looking around. For sure. Uh, In in addition to that uh, giant column of jellies, there are also uh, gallery walls and a ceiling covered with LED digital video panels. Uh, So you'll have uh, moving uh, sea creatures all around you. Um, and there's a photo op with a 10 foot tall acrylic living arch of jellyfish that you can walk through from multiple different angles. Perfect for selfies. Um, there'll be a behind the scenes tours led by, um, a scientist. Um, and there'll also be a hands-on experience. I'm not sure what kind of jellyfish you can go hands-on with without getting stung, but that should be really cool. Uh, And all of this, uh, you can experience all this uh, before anyone else if you are a annual pass member at SeaWorld San Diego. And those passes uh, start as low as $13.25 a month. Much cheaper than my Disney World annual pass. Oh, for sure. For sure. That's definitely (laughs) a bargain (laughs) if you're in that area. Uh, If you want more information about this upcoming attraction or uh, their newest roller coaster, Arctic Rescue, which opened over the summer, you can visit SeaWorldSanDiego.com. Another piece of SeaWorld news, this one coming from San Antonio. We've talked before about Catapult Falls, which is planned to be the world's first launched flume coaster. Uh, We're hoping to get to ride that in late 2023, but we now know that that is going to be launching for the first time in spring of 2024. I am Uh, really excited for this. I don't know, launched water coaster i mean there's a lot going on here Mm -hmm. so i'm curious to see what the sensation is going to be like i you know i'm not uh totally shocked that they have uh delayed this um because you're talking about something that is first it's north america's only vertical lift uh for a water coaster um uh, I'm I'm not sure exactly how they define that because I know we have other kind of rides like um, Silver Dollar or, City. Yeah, that have vertical lifts, but okay. um, see how exactly how they define that. But they also claim that it's the world's steepest drop in a flume ride. Um, it looks like uh, it's got a lot of moving parts. So um, the fact that it has been delayed. Um, they are saying that they uh, want to ensure that the one-of-a-kind water flume coaster is perfected in every part of the experience, and they hope that guests are going to agree that it was worth the wait uh, when it finally does start running next spring. Um, it does. Uh, it does look like it is going to uh, definitely be a. Um, a bucket list attraction for people who are fans of unique water rides. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully with 11 boats, each boat holding eight riders, uh, it will have decent capacity because uh, I can see long lines forming for this when it finally Absolutely. does Absolutely. And it's so hot there. So oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Be great. <laughs> um, a few little statistics to whet your appetite. Um, you are going to be catapulted through a launch at up to 30 feet per second. Um, and you're going to go through a bunch of twists and turns, uh, go up a elevator that they call the only system of its kind on the continent, uh, 
shooting you up seven feet per second. And then uh, you will drop from a height of over 55 feet uh, down an angle of 53 degrees, uh, what they call the world's steepest flume drop. Uh, and you're going to hit that splash down at over 37 miles per hour. Um, so I'm sure it will soak you and anyone who is standing on the bridge that looks <laughs> over this. Uh, this is one of those attractions that is just as important for the spectators uh, wanting to get splashed down as the people actually riding it. It looks really great. I think this is going to be a good addition to the park. It's already a really beautiful park, but mm -hmm. um, I think this will be great. And just like in uh, SeaWorld San Diego, SeaWorld San Antonio annual pass members, or rather seasonal pass members, uh, since this is a seasonal park, uh, they will, uh, by purchasing their 2024 ticket, uh, they will get to be the first to ride. And also as a makeup, if you are a 2023 pass member, uh, you will get a complimentary ticket to ride during the grand opening in 2024, which I think is uh, really generous of them. Um, of course, if you get a season pass now, you'll get unlimited admission to all of 2024 to both SeaWorld San Antonio and the Aquatica Water Park there. Uh, and those are as little as uh, you can upgrade uh, to an annual pass for as little as $7.99 a month. That wow. is dirt cheap. It's when I look at my uh, bills for my Orlando annual passes. They they hurt now. I used to not know. Right. They hurt now. Right. Uh, anyway, if you want more information, you can head on over to SeaWorld.com slash sand dash Antonio. And we are going to wrap up our news in the queue this week with... The Anaheim Fall Festival, which, believe it or not, is celebrating its 100th anniversary wow. in Southern California on Saturday, October 28th. I know it might be hard to believe that Anaheim, the city, actually existed before Disneyland. Uh, right. But yes, uh, there was something there before Disneyland. Uh, and for, um, uh, I guess, this is the 100th anniversary uh, but it says that the parade will be marching down the streets for its 99th year. Uh, so I guess they took a year off uh, during COVID. Um, or I guess their annual parade is celebrating 99 years. The festival and the parade are celebrating their back-to-back 100-year -back anniversaries. So that's, that's a little complicated <laughs> to try to read. Um, but either way, uh, it is going to be... Um, taking folks uh, back in time uh, and this year's festivities will have a authentic handmade citizen-centric design with a nod to the 1950s but still representing the cultural diversity of today's Anaheim. Very cool yeah it is very interesting when I saw that I couldn't believe it was a hundred years because I just think of like orange groves and nothing you know mm -hmm. and I I you know I just love looking back at these old-fashioned Halloween parade uh pictures mm -hmm. uh, that <laughs> you know kind of take you back to a time before intellectual properties dominated uh all of Halloween uh, you know I I always think back to uh the movie et and the mm -hmm. halloween scene there where yeah. all the kids are dressed as like ghosts and goblins Oops. and witches and, and generic characters and then there's the one 
Yoda. There's the kid dressed in the <laughs> yeah. Yoda mask. Um, and I remember that really jumping out at me as a kid um, because shortly after that, like every single uh, kid for Halloween was dressed up as something from Star Wars or yeah. E.T. or And it, we never went back. But this is kind of like a fun glimpse back in, in history. Uh, when you There's didn't no need you didn't need a branded costume, it was okay to just be a jack o' lantern or uh, a scary cat, or not so scary yeah. cat. <laughs> anyway, uh, so this festival occurs on the Center Street Promenade in downtown town Anaheim, uh, from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m., and then it's followed by the parade kickoff at 7 p.m. All taking place on Saturday, October 28th. Uh, the step-off of the parade is at Broadway in Anaheim, and uh, it goes all the way down Harbor Boulevard, and then it heads west on Broadway to Manchester. If you want a, a route map uh, or any more information about this, go on over to AnaheimFallFestival.org. All right, that will bring us to the end of the news in the queue for this week. Before we get to this week's main attraction it's time to hear a word from our sponsors the attractions podcast is brought to you by mei and mouse fan travel whether your next vacation is a magical trip to the theme parks an exciting adventure to the pyramids of egypt or just a relaxing cruise on the turquoise waters of the bahamas mei travel provides premium service and expert advice to help you get the most of your vacation they are always free of any hidden fees or costs to you visit them at mei-travel.com it's time for the main attraction. All right. And for this week's main attraction, we have big new news confirmed from SeaWorld. It's been rumored for a while, but yes, the old Antarctica ride mm -hmm. is being turned into a new penguin-themed roller coaster. Um, we have seen uh, similar things happen out west with Wild Arctic Attraction, and uh, we also saw Busch Gardens in Williamsburg gut their Dark Castle Dark Ride and stick in a coaster. And this new family roller coaster, uh, a straddle coaster, a snowmobile-style coaster, is going to look very familiar uh, if you've seen those other mm -hmm. uh, SeaWorld attractions. Um, so, uh, what they're going to do here is take the Antarctica ride, which was a very innovative, very expensive trackless dark ride. Actually, the first trackless dark ride, uh, in Orlando coming in ahead of even Ratatouille. Uh, it's been defunct and abandoned for quite some mm -hmm. time now. Um, they are going to take what was the footprint of the ride and uh, turn it into the loading section and a small indoor dark section for this roller coaster. And that roller coaster is then going to go outside the building and uh, be a, I don't know about high speed, it will be a 43 mile per hour, 3000 foot track. So we're talking shorter than Hagrid's, slower than Hagrid's, uh, but a similar style uh, motorbike, or in this case, a snowmobile-style uh, vehicle to Hagrid's. Um, and then uh, it is going to end up inside the current penguin habitat, just like the old trackless dark ride would lead, lead you off into the penguin habitat. Well, this time 
you'll get off of the roller coaster and get to walk around with the penguins. Um, what is your thought on this uh, new attraction? I have many thoughts. Um, family friendly, I think, is really good because yes. we've just been seeing at SeaWorld attractions with height requirements, and that is mm -hmm. not family friendly. We need more of attractions like this. I'm intrigued by the indoor outdoor thing. I just mm -hmm. love that. I don't know why. I think that it's so cool when you, you know, just like Hagrid's, where you're in the castle, then you're out, then you're in. I think this could be really great and based on their track record and what they've been doing recently i think they're gonna nail this um i think that uh i'm very much looking forward to getting to ride uh dark coaster um mm -hmm. to see uh what they can do with this kind of hardware um but here here's my concern um oh no <laughs> uh, so the antarctica attraction when it had the dark ride uh was very carefully planned so that you would enter the queue and it would be air conditioned uh at a reasonable degree you know stepping out of the hot florida sun and then as you could go through each section of the queue and there were various pre-shows and boarding sections each section got slightly cooler slightly cooler slightly colder throughout the ride so that you were gradually acclimated because when you got finally into the uh exit area mm -hmm. and you were with the penguins it is literally freezing, freezing it is yeah. it is their you know arctic temperatures um, it is literally, you know, winter in there. Um, but because you had kind of gone through all these stages, you hadn't just gone smack from hot Florida sun right into into the, you know, the freezer, you could handle it for a few minutes and enjoy it. When they got rid of the dark ride, they rerouted the queue. They kept the penguin exhibit, but you basically went straight from outdoors right into the penguin exhibit and whereas before i could enjoy that penguin exhibit for five or ten minutes now after a minute or two i had to get out of there because mm -hmm. i was just so uncomfortable now imagine that you have not just walked in there but you have been on a roller coaster outdoors in the hot mm -hmm. sun i'm sure the outdoor area of the roller coaster is not going to be air conditioned so you're going to get blasted with uh you know hot air you're going to basically feel like a french fry in the air fryer if it's august out um and then you're going to go straight from that heat and humidity into ice cold dry air uh and i fear that unless they build in some sort of buffer to help you acclimate it's gonna, people are going to be not appreciating the penguins which are really the best part of that whole right. facility but you That's know what? my fear. <laughs> Every time I'm at SeaWorld, I think it's just the cement or something. I'm always so hot. Oh, my. Yes. Yes. It just reflects it back at you. It's yeah. One of the hottest parks. I always feel like I'm going to pass out if it's remotely summer time. Uh, so it sounds nice to be in the ice cold. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we will see how it works out uh, next year. And if you, much like we've talked about with the other SeaWorld parks, purchase your 2024 annual pass now. Uh, you can get to experience it next year before it opens to the public. And uh, they claim their annual passes start at only $14 per month without down payment. Uh, and they come with lots of other perks. 
So uh, if you are excited about this, um, I am curious to see how they reuse the portions of the defunct dark ride. Uh, right. I have some friends who uh, did some of the painting and sculpting in there, and there are some really beautiful, the, the ice chamber at the very beginning uh, that your cars would dance around was some, a really beautiful uh, piece of work. So I hope some of that gets retained. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess we will all have to wait until next year to see how it turns yeah. out. Yes, they're just churning them out. It is yep. quite impressive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've had Icebreaker, uh, mm -hmm. Pipeline, and now uh, uh, this Penguin-themed roller coaster, Penguin Trek, back-to-back. -back. So um, keep it up, SeaWorld. Yes. All right, well... Before we wrap this up, it is time for us to take a look back, uh, see if we had any comments in the queue. Um, we did have uh, Blossom and Michelangelo checking in from Derek Ho's Hello. Corner. Good to have you as always. And uh, Michael Bingham is very excited about the new Penguin Trek ride coming to SeaWorld Thanks. Orlando. He's also excited about what's coming to the SeaWorld in his hometown of San Diego. Uh, and between that and San Antonio, yes, SeaWorld definitely seems like they're on a roll. Love to see it. Love well, to see it. Thank you so much to all of you who uh, were watching and listening live. Uh, for those of you listening to the podcast. And uh, we want to thank, of course, our sponsors, MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Uh, and thank those of you uh, listening for giving us a review or a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you happen to listen to us. Uh, also, please follow us, subscribe to us at abtractionsmagazine.com and on Attractions Magazine at all your favorite, all your favorite social media outlets. Uh, speaking of which, Carly, where can folks find you on the socials? Yes, I am on Instagram at Adventures by Carly, and I am on X or Twitter, whatever, at Carly Caramana. I am not really on X, uh, <laughs> but you can find me on threads and Instagram uh, at S. Kaberski and The Unofficial Guides, and on theunofficialguides.com, where you can pick up copies of my new books. And until next week, we hope that you folks stay safe, try something new, but most importantly, have fun. We will see you again next time. Bye. Bye.